Welcome back to Nerd is the New Cool. My name is Justin, and with me as always is my good friend, John. Hey, everybody. We are here to talk about the MCU, and particularly the first phases, one through three, but bracket style. This is going to be tough. Well, so we're going to try and narrow this down to the best MCU film so far. But we've kind of we've done this a couple different ways to kind of get this set up and and because there's a lot to kind of break down here. First of all, our preliminary rankings are strictly based on Rotten Tomato scores. And I know that a lot of our listeners or people may think, who the hell cares about these scores? Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, whatever else. I tend to agree with you. However, we needed to start somewhere. <laughs> And the only other way would have maybe been box office, but that's also pretty tough to do considering, um, well, these have been being made since 2008. And uh, I wasn't yeah. about to play with inflation. I wasn't about to do some mathematical formula. We don't, we don't need to, we didn't want to like bring in an actuary to like figure out the actual right. you know, equal dollar amounts for these films based on inflation and years. And yeah, no, I don't, that break, that makes my brain hurt just saying that. So we uh, we went with this because, like you said, it it gives it gave us a place to start. It's it's quote unquote unbiased, and then it, we we we're just gonna take it from there and go. Yeah, well, it's unbiased on our end. It's very biased on other pe- humans' end, but at the same time, totally. it's easy. It's easy. I, I I used air quotes that you can't see. That's right. I said this is unbiased, a not a video. Um, we also, when we were going through this, what we're going to consider are, you know, what makes these kind of movies great. And, you know, listen, we're not comparing. Some of these films are pretty fantastic as far as like uh, cinema goes. Right. But we're not we're not talking like Casablanca or Citizen Kane here. So instead, we want to make sure we are paying attention to the protagonist or protagonists, the villain or villains. The supporting cast is really important. Of course, the storyline matters. Also, how it applies to the overall MCU storyline. So how impactful is it there? Honestly, there's a lot of films that really play with music. And so we needed to make sure we consider that. Critical acclaim is uh, you know still important as well. Have they gotten any awards? Which a few of these have. And then finally, if we do have some type of tie and we cannot duke it out through reason, we will decide based on box office and the box office as of april 2020 so we don't we don't you know that's kind of pretty much covid <laughs> and no more, box, no more box offices at that point right all right so we've got all there there are 23 movies bracket style um we've got some play-in games to kind of get to the final 16 but there's a lot i mean there's a lot of movies in this in this phase one or two there and are, three yep. all right the 23rd ranked film is thor the dark world this movie came out in 2013, and on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a score of 66%. Ouch. Uh, the synopsis? Uh, in ancient times, the, God of, the gods of Asgard fought and won a war against an evil race known as the Dark Elves. The survivors were neutralized, and their ultimate weapon, the Aether, was buried in a secret, secret location. Hundreds of years later, Jane Foster finds the Aether and becomes its host, forcing Thor to bring her to Asgard before Dark Elf Malekith, before Dark Elf Malekith captures her and uses the weapon to destroy the nine realms, including Earth. It stars Chris Hemsworth, Natalie Portman, Tom Hiddleston as Loki, 
Stellan Skarsgård, and finally Christopher Eccleston, who does play Malekith. It's directed by Alan Taylor, and it had a box office of two hundred and six point four million dollars. Million dollars. It's going up against number ten, Captain America: The Winter Soldier, released in twenty fourteen. Rotten Tomatoes score ninety percent. Yeah, and so what is this basically about? Well, I mean, there's a lot of things going on here. Um, but essentially, everything that happened in the Avengers movie, this whole thing that went down in New York, Steve Rogers is Captain America. He's basically trying to adjust to what would be considered uh, not a normal life, but a, a life in modern times. Um, but all of a sudden, S.H.I.E.L.D. is attacked, and basically Steve Rogers um, kind of gets thrown into this situation where he is having to lay low, hide, and team up with Black Widow. He also forms an alliance with a new ally, the Falcon. And um, there is a kind of some sinister stuff going on behind the scene. And there's a new deadly enemy, namely the Winter Soldier, chasing after him. Yep. And it stars Chris Evans, Samuel Jackson, Scarlett Johansson, Anthony Mackey, Sebastian Stan as the Winter Soldier. Uh, directed by Joe, the Russo brothers, Joe and Anthony Russo, and it box office $259.8 million. Okay, so talk. first of all, let's talk about Thor a little bit. Thor, I don't think this movie is as bad as people make it out to be. I think that people like hate this movie, <laughs> which, I mean, is it as good as a lot of the other ones? No, it's the lowest no. rank, ranked one for a reason. But I kind of like... Um, especially Thor and Loki's dynamic in this one. It's not quite as serious. It's a little more fun and playful. Whereas the first Thor, it's like he is the main antagonist for the most part. Um, he's more of a trickster, definitely in Avengers. But then this is like, okay, there's like a little bit more brother back and forth banter, which definitely pays off down the road in some future films. Right. Winter Soldier, if we're talking as far as one of the best villains or antagonists in all the films i mean the winter soldier is freaking amazing i like this one yeah and there's mean, a whole, yeah there's a whole there's a whole cat cat and mouse kind of situation going on here samuel jackson you're not really sure what's happening with him i mean we got to give it to winter soldier but I, I just i do think it's worth like noting that uh you know thor 2 is not as bad it's not a, i mean you should you should see it if you haven't seen it right i mean you need to you need to see it because it's, I mean, especially if you're, if you want to keep up on all this stuff, you should see it once. But yeah, when you compare it to the first one and especially Ragnarok, yeah, this just, it's the worst of the Thor movies, but it's still, uh, 66% seems a little low to me, but whatever. All right. Winter Soldier moves on. Up next, we have the number 22, which is The Incredible Hulk, which came out in 2008. This has a Rotten Tomato score of 67%. And it's 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 Hulk. It's Bruce Banner desperately seeks a cure for the gamma radiation that contaminated his cells and turned him into the Hulk. He was cut off from his true love, Betty Ross, and forced to hide from his nemesis, General Thunderbolt Ross. Banner soon comes face to face with a new threat, a supremely powerful enemy known as the Abomination. The Abomination. And it stars Edward Norton as the Hulk. It stars Liv Tyler um, as Betty Ross, Tim Roth, 
who is kind of the antagonist here. Listen, this is gonna. I'm, we're just gonna use spoilers because I'm not even gonna try and like dance around this thing. Tim Roth turns into the Abomination, and mm-hmm. William Hurt plays General Ross, Thunderbolt Ross. Which I, I wonder if we're gonna see him kind of, um, I don't know, turn into the Red Hulk, which he does in the comics. I don't know. Directed by Louis Leterrier, and it made 134.8 million dollars at the box office. Hmm. And that's going against number eleven, Doctor Strange. Came out in 2016. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes store score of 89%. Um, it stars. Oh, actually, let's talk about the synopsis a little bit. Basically, we've got Stephen Strange. He's a doctor. He is one of the best surgeons in the world. And he's pretty cocky and full of himself. And he gets in a car accident while speeding uncontrollably down the, uh, you know, a slippery highway. Um, and basically his hands don't work anymore. And he, you know, regular medicine has failed him. And so he tries to find a, uh, an alternative way to heal his hands. He basically goes into this, um, you know, kind of monk situation, I guess, uh, basically eventually learns how to use the mystic arts. So his hands, uh, work properly and he, you know, kind of becomes and evolves into this really powerful sorcerer. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it stars <clears throat> Benedict Cumberbatch, Chuetel Ejiofor, Rachel McAdams, Benedict Wong, Mads Mickelson, and Tilda Swinton. Directed by Scott Derrickson, Patrick Archibald, Jay Oliva, and Frank Poor. And it grossed $232.6 million. I don't know why they need four directors, but I guess there is a lot of yeah, stuff that's, going on. Yeah, that's a lot. I mean, yeah, yeah, multiple locations. Okay, sure. Right. Maybe. Okay. Well, I think we know who we're going to give this to. What yes. I was surprised about this ranking, I was actually surprised that Incredible Hulk is ranked, had a higher Rotten Tomato score than Thor 2. I would have thought this was going to come in last. Yeah. And Edward Norton is a great actor. And. You know, he's a character actor, and I, I think that the problem with this is that it's almost, like, too serious. <laughs> you know, we'd seen this before, like, with the Hulk. It's, like, this serious, dramatic chase of Ross trying to catch the Hulk and Bruce Banner, and he gets mad, he alienates the girlfriend, and then he turns into the Hulk, beats up stuff, and at the end of it, people are like, oh, he's not that bad. Like, it's the same story over and over again, right? Yeah. So it is. Yeah. I was glad they, they, they kind of stopped doing that with the Hulk. Like they kind of, eventually they, they have some different storylines. Um, it's not always about the same old origin story nonsense. Like that's, that's just played out. I think that's kind of why people are like, all right, we, we saw this movie like five or six years ago with Eric Bana. Let's, let's see something different. You know what I mean? <laughs> So it makes sense why that one. Doctor Strange, we're going to talk more about this movie later on down the road. So let's just go ahead and move Doctor Strange through to the next round. Yeah. Okay. Number 21, Iron Man 2. Iron Man 2. This movie came out in 2010. It's got a Rotten Tomato score of 72%. And, um, you know, background. 
with the world now aware that he's Iron Man, Tony Stark faces pressure from all sides to obviously share his technology and you know how he did what he did with the military. He he's reluctant to divulge the secrets of his suit of armor and fearing the information will fall into the wrong hands, which of course it does. It always does. It always does. <laughs> uh it it stars Robert Darren Jr., Gwyneth Paltrow, Don Cheadle, who for makes his first appearance um in the uh, MCU as uh Rhodey and also stars Scarlett Johansson makes an appearance in there too mm-hmm. and Mickey Rourke as Whiplash. The villain. It was directed by John Favreau. And it made three hundred twelve point four million dollars at the box office. A lot of money. Going up against number twelve, Ant Man and the Wasp from twenty eighteen. Rotten Tomato score of eighty seven percent. That's surprising. The synopsis basically is: well, this is um, post the first Ant Man. This is post Civil War, and Scott Lang is essentially under house arrest. And he has, you know, taken on the mantle of Ant-Man, but Hope Van Dyne has taken on the mantle of the Wasp, which you kind of see that in a cut scene at the end of Ant-Man. Um, and basically, Hope and Dr. Hank Pym are dealing with some stuff. And so they got to get Lang to help basically solve this problem, this mission. Um, and so now they're they're going up against each other. There's a whole thing about the... Uh, going into the quantum realm like there mm-hmm. always is in every ant-man movie it seems like um <laughs> so yeah but there you know michelle pfeiffer also pops in here anyway it stars go ahead and tell us about who it stars so it's got paul rudd evangeline Lilly, michael pena walter goggins lawrence fishburne michael douglas michelle pfeiffer bobby Cannavale, judy greer and hannah john Kamen. It was directed by Peyton Reed, and it made $216.6 million. This is going to be our first argument, or at least detailed I don't discussion. know. Okay. You don't, you don't think so? Okay. Uh, we'll see. Let's talk about pros and cons of both. Iron Man 2. A lot of people make their first appearance in this movie. And if you're talking about the impact of kind of how you move through the MCU, I mean, let's just talk about that for a second. Natasha Romanoff, Black Widow, pops in there. We haven't really had a roadie. I mean, obviously takes over, you know, starts the beginning of War Machine. We've even got in there um, a little bit of uh, Sam Rockwell, who plays Justin Hammer. And he is freaking so good in this movie. (laughs) They're going to be bringing back in Hammer Industries because that's like the main kind of antagonist against like Stark Stark Industries. Yeah. Right. That's their main competitor. That's definitely going to pop in there a little bit. Nick Fury is more involved in this film. Agent Coulson, he's also in this. We even get a, a first-time sh- uh, a, a sighting of um, John Slattery, who plays Howard Stark, and he kind of takes over the Howard Stark um, acting mm-hmm. mantle throughout the course of the uh, uh, of the MCU. Just throwing some, there's you know, there's there's a lot of people that pop in here, and it kind of really dictates the story for the MCU kind of moving forward. Yeah, no, I agree. And with like with Ant Man and the Wasp, you know, talking about that. It's interesting because this, and I was thinking about it while we were talking about it, like this basically takes place during um, Infinity War. Right. Like, especially yeah. with the with the cutscene at the end. So, like, because he's on house arrest and, like, yeah, 
well, he didn't get involved. And then, you know, he goes to the quantum realm and whatever. And like, as far as like the overall like storyline, I think the the biggest impact that this movie has on the storyline is the quantum realm and is the fact that he realizes once he's popped out of it in Endgame that like, oh my God, you can travel through time. Yeah, but the thing is, is that he doesn't realize that until basically he's in there and then it it, it, it and it's it's a cut scene from the end of this film. It's not even really. I, uh, no, I, I I agree. I agree. I agree. But I, uh, I mean, when you're talking about like timeline impact, like yeah. like the biggest impact is like really the discovery of the like not even the discovery, like almost like the rediscovery of the quantum realm and more more the ability to come in and out of it. I think it's also important. I mean, this this one has a pretty detailed. They got a lot of great um, uh, supporting cast in this film as well. Michael Pena, mm-hmm. Walter Goggins, who I freaking love. He plays kind of one of the bad guys. Um, Bobby Cannavale, like he's freaking hilarious. Judy Greer is his ex-wife. Um, Lawrence Fishburne, I mean, we kind of glossed over him. He's freaking great. Michelle Pfeiffer, who plays Janet Van Dyne or, or the original Wasp. So yeah. there are a lot of there are a lot of characters in this one as well. It's a, it's a more it's a it's a big it's a more ensemble cast than like Iron Man two is. Iron Man two has a few like the, the heavy hitters, but this is more of an ensemble movie than than that one is for sure. That's fair. I I don't really like the 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 bad guy in this one, Ghost. I don't think that she it's Hannah John Kamen. She doesn't do a bad job. I just don't. I don't know. It gives me a headache or something. I don't, She's not really a bad guy. I mean, she right. she is, but she isn't. Like, yeah. like Mickey Rourke's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Even Sam Rockwell is a bad guy. He's like, an idiot. <laughs> I mean, he's he's kind of silly, but I mean, he's he he'll tell he he is, he makes no qualms about who he sells his weapons to. He doesn't care. Yeah, he's in it for the dollar. Whereas, you know, the ghost in Ant Man the Wasp was just basically trying to heal herself. Mm-hmm. Trying to trying to prevent herself from evaporating into nothing, and that's what her dad Lawrence Fishburne is doing too. Right. So she's just. I think that like, I... she's not like a sinister like Thanos type character or anything like that. It's just uh, a product of circumstance. My vote would be Iron Man two in this one. I I tend to agree. I I, I like it. I well one I like the first Iron Man better than this one. First Iron Man is fantastic. I don't dislike this movie, but I, I'm surprised that it got this high of a ranking. Maybe because of the ensemble cast, maybe because because of like a lot of the comedy that's in it. But then again, like you mentioned, you know Sam Rockwell and Iron Man too. I think he's funny as hell in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> he really is. He's such in a, a non-traditional sense, but like yeah. I think he's funny. He's such a douchebag. He's funny. He's pretty freaking hilarious. All mm-hmm. right. It's decided. It's actually a good thing you said Iron Man 2 because if you'd said Ant-Man and the Wasp, we'd have to go to the tiebreaker and Iron Man 2 is going to win that also. So, Iron Man 2 moves on. <laughs> number 20. Next next play-in game. Number 20. Avengers Age of Ultron. This came out in 2015. Has a Rotten Tomatoes score of 76%. And when Tony Stark jump store, jump starts a dormant peacekeeping cro- program, obviously things go wrong. And they force him and all the other Avengers to reassemble. And as the fate of the Earth hangs in the balance, the team has put together, you know, the ultimate test against Ultron, a technological terror hell-bent on human extinction. 
And then they also encounter some other enhanced individuals in Petro and Wanda Maximoff. Got a pretty big cast here as we'll, the, the cast will just it's continue to grow it. as we yeah. go through here. <laughs> RDJ's in it, Chris Evans, Mark Ruffalo, Chris Hemsworth, Scarlett Johansson, Jeremy Renner. And then we add in James Spader. Samuel Jackson is always there. Don Cheadle is always there. We also add in Aaron Taylor Johnson, Quicksilver, Elizabeth Olsen, who plays uh, Wanda Maximoff or Scarlet Witch. Um, and Paul Bettany is in there now, not just mm-hmm. voicing Jarvis, but he eventually does become Vision. We even got some Colby Smolders popping in there, and Anthony Mackie is in a, is, he's always in there as well. Directed by Joss Whedon, and it made $459 million dollars at the box office because it was the second avengers movie and it's going up against captain america the first avenger from 2011 rotten tomato score of only 80 percent yeah i think that there's a lot of fanboys that you know they they uh (laughs) they probably this one rank was actually ranked higher and i think after the new ones come out people are like oh this isn't as good as the other ones so let's rank it lower but that's pretty hard to put that up against. Anyway, uh, basically what happens, set in 1941, World War II is happening. Steve Rogers is this little guy. Uh, he keeps trying to get into the Army. He can't. Eventually, he gets recruited by uh, S.H.I.E.L.D., and um, they use the serum on him. He becomes this superhuman um, superhero. He goes and fights in the war. Well, actually, first he sells bonds. Then he goes and fights in the war, and eventually he teams up with his buddy, Bucky Barnes, Peggy Carter, as well as uh, Howard Stark, and um, goes up against Hydra, Hydra and the Red Skull. Yeah. So it stars Chris Evans, Tommy Lee Jones, Hugo Weaving as the Red Skull, Haley Atwell, and Sebastian Stan. It was directed by Joe Johnston, and it made $176.7 million. Okay, so let's talk Age of Ultron. You, you can't you can't leave out the fact that they and this is another one that I people just freaking rag on this one. I was I was I, reading, why, I was reading through I the watched reviews. it recent I watched it recently and I was just like why do people hate this so much? Yeah. Like I I mean I I just don't I guess I just don't understand why there was so much backlash. I don't really understand it either, and you know. I think that again, I hate to be like call fanboys fanboys because I feel like people would consider us fanboys in certain certain arenas. Um, well, but, yeah. but like, if it's not told the exact same way that it was told in the comic books, right? People just don't like it, and um, I think that they maybe thought that Ultron could have done more. Like he was, I don't know. I thought he was a great menacing villain. I think when he's freaking quoting uh pinocchio i mean it is like captivating james spader is like got me and just mm-hmm. with the voice i both hate him i both love him i have empathy for him like all through just the way and you, like he's he goes from being a sophisticated you know adult to kind of like a child in many just basic conversations you know what i mean yeah. um well because and, he's I think he's so because he's so young. He was like, I was just born yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But also, I'm the smartest thing ever invented. Right. So he kind of peters that line. He just does such a great job at it. Um, Mm -hmm. So, I mean, even Andy Serkis pops in there a little bit. And, you know, right. Scarlet Witch, 
Quicksilver, not so much yet, even though he may make an appearance again at some point. The Scarlet Witch, man, she's going to be a major part of the MCU moving forward. And this is her, besides a cutscene, this is her very first introduction as a pretty big badass. Right. And this is kind of her almost like, you know, now she's on the right side of things. Right. All right. The first. Well, Avenger... and then also, and then also Vision, who big part, right, of the MCU as well. This, you know, what else this movie does to do a really good job setting up is, you know, Captain America and Iron Man's friendship, but also different different beliefs on how to get things done. And that that plays a pretty pivotal role, basically, in the next few movies and all the way through Endgame. Well, because it was a result of these events. Yeah. Like everything that happened here and the accords and all that, like we need to check. No, we don't. Yes, we do. No, we don't. Yes, we do. And then, yeah, they, they, they had a falling out for a few movies. First Avenger, Captain America. I think that this is like Chris Evans. I mean, obviously it's the first movie, but he, I think it's his, one of his best performances besides um, maybe Endgame. I, I just think he's so likable and he's such a great leading character. And like, I think that we forget that in the MCU or just Marvel, like a lot of these characters are not like the big heavy hitters of Marvel. I mean, this is not the Fantastic Four. This is not any none of the X-Men. I mean, Captain America. Yeah, he was important, but he really wasn't like he's not like Superman. Um, But after you see this film and after you see Iron Man one, you almost like automatically do such a great job of it. You're like, oh, that that's how important of, of comic book characters they are. But in reality, in the comic book sales, they really weren't. Am I explaining myself very well? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no, you are. You are. So I think that plus with, I think Hugo Weaving is a, is a under, the Red Skull is an underrated bad guy. Um, this obviously sets up a lot of stuff with the Winter Soldier and Sebastian Stan for future films. Tommy Lee Jones is always great. Um, I I truly enjoy this movie, and I've I've gone back and watched this one more than a lot of the other originals. Me too. This one, and well, we'll talk about another one that I go back and watch frequently later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure we'll probably say the same one. Um, so what's your vote? We'll take turns. I mean, this is tough because you know, I mean, I don't want to completely shit on <laughs> you know Age of Ultron again, but. I really like Captain America. I mean, I agree with what you said. Like, I think, I think Chris Evans does a really good job because he's, he's an everyday guy who was always, all of a sudden given extraordinary abilities and he's playing the role like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not used to being this big or this strong or this fast or this capable. And like, and he's just, he's almost like, you know, he's kind of coming to terms and it's it's interesting like you can kind of see it when he first got him he was like oh my god i can run this fast oh my god i'm, I'm running into a wall i'm like oh i can jump over this i was like what's happening right now and yeah but just that open you know, that, op- that opening chase scene is pretty great when he turns the corner and he can't he can't slow down he runs he, he runs he through the slow window down and he just <laughs> runs right into runs right into a store it's like i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry yeah and all right so i think we got to give it to captain america yeah i think we got to give it to captain america on to the 1519 at 15 the original ant-man this came out in 2015 and a rotten tomato score of 83 percent and 
basically kind of how this works is, you know, Dr. Hank Pym, he's kind of forced out of his own company by Darren Cross. And uh, he eventually screwed, recruits Scott Lang, uh, who just got released from prison. He's a thief um, to, you know, and basically kind of takes him under his wing and trains him how to be the Ant-Man, you know, using the suit, you know, being able to communicate to ants and um, basically all to prevent Cross, who is also developing his own suit called the Yellow Jacket, from perfecting the same technology and using it as a weapon and selling it to Hydra. <laughs> I think it's who he tries to sell it to. Yeah. Well, yeah. Hydra's everywhere. It stars Paul Rudd, Michael Douglas, Evangeline Lilly, and Corey Stoll. Who Corey Stoll, you might remember him if you ever watched um, House of Cards. He's in the first mm-hmm. season of that. Yep. Directed by Peyton Reed, and it had a $180.2 million at the box office. And it's going up against number 19, Thor, 2011. Rotten Tomatoes of 77%. So Thor is the son of Odin, king of the Norse gods. Basically, he's about to take over the throne of Asgard, and he's just a real cocky dude. He just wants, oh, to, yeah, fight, he wants to fight everyone, wants to kill everyone. Basically, uh, you know, show off how big his dick is for the most part. And, and then go party. And then go party, right? <laughs> and just chug beer. Um, and what happens is that Odin basically says, you are a spoiled brat. I'm taking all your powers away. I'm throwing you back down to earth, or throwing you down to earth. Go figure your stuff out. And, uh, if, if you are truly worthy of being called Thor, then, um, you know, you will be able to finally once again, wield, uh, I don't even know how to pronounce it. The hammer. Mjolnir. Mjolnir. Thor's hammer. Sure. Thor's hammer. Mjolnir. That's how I'll say it. So it stars Chris Hemsworth, Natalie Portman, always great. Anthony Hopkins, Tom Hiddleston, directed by Kenneth Branagh, and it made $181 million. This one's tough. All right. So let's talk Ant-Man. First of all, the, the best part about this movie is the humor. Yes. Because it, because it is it is really funny. And... They 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 make fun of themselves in it, the fact that he's an ant, <laughs> right? Especially the end fight scene where they're fighting and it's this dramatic, you know, they're they're both shrunk down. It's dramatic him in the yellow jacket and there's this huge train and then it zooms out and in real life it's just a, it's just a toy it's a toy train, <laughs> right? And well, even like Anthony Mackey Anthony Mackey calling him Tic Tac, <laughs> yeah, and like Ma- Michael Pena. Also makes a pretty great uh, has a quite a few great scenes. Him yeah, and Ti, him and Ti as and well. Ti, yep. Um, that that, that trio in general. Are, yeah. What's what's the other guy's name? David uh, Das Malkian, I think, is his name. Sure. Yes. So that whole trio. There's a lot of great humor in that. Now we're talking. If we're comparing that to Thor, there is there are some pretty funny moments in Thor too, especially mm-hmm. when he's first comes down to Earth and he's. You know, drinking the coffee and he says, another. And he just smashes it. Uh, you know, again, that, again, that's what's really good about a lot of these MCU films is that they 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 don't take it so seriously. They don't there take themselves mo- too seriously. There are moments of seriousness, but then they they can step back and say, let's you know, people want to be entertained and let's make fun of ourselves. That he's a Norse god, and if you if you are a Norse god and all of a sudden you're thrown down to earth 
you're not going to automatically acclimate and be like a normal person, <laughs> right? No, it's going to be mean, a little. You, it's going to be a little weird at first. You've been flying around with a cape, <clears throat> you know, fighting frost giants. <laughs> uh, Basically, being immortal. And now you're sitting in a diner on Earth. A little bit of a change. Um, so yeah. So one thing about Thor we got to mention is that this is. Obviously, I mean, obviously, it's the first movie with Thor, so it's going to be the first movie with Loki. But, I mean, Hiddleston just does a phenomenal job as far as being that likable, likable bad guy. Um, where you're like, you know, I kind of see where he's coming from here a little bit. He pulls it off really well. I don't know if that Loki character was supposed to be as pivotal in the MCU storyline. I mean, maybe, but he's he's not really like a huge comic book person. Um, he kind of is, but not really. He's not like a, like a, um, what's his name? Um, the Green Goblin. You know what I mean? That like yeah. it's just bad guys throughout. Part of the Sinister Six, Six, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But he, he does such a great job. Anthony Hopkins as well. Um, we got Cat Dennings in it. Idris Ilba. Can't forget about him with, with playing Heimdall. No, um, I like him. Sorry, I could just keep naming different characters in in both these movies. For me, Does Renee Russo make an appearance in this one. Renee, mother? Renee yeah. Russo's in there for sure. Okay, yeah. For me, I gotta tell you, I'm I'm going with Thor over Ant Man. I think, and and I like Ant Man, but I, I generally agree with you more because, and again, we're just talking, we're just talking this phase, so there could be big plans for Ant Man in the future. But when you just uh, you. One, the movies are probably pretty even with each other, but when you ta- start talking about impact and start talking about you know where it sits in the MCU, Thor is a pretty important guy. The only bad thing about Thor is his haircut in this first movie. Right, it's bad. The, the shorter, <laughs> the shorter one when he loses his eye and like Ragnarok and like the yeah, that's the short and the beard. That's way better than just like the Point Break, which is what you know Tony Stark calls him. Right. <laughs> And honestly, I I think he's wearing a wig in this film. I think I read that at one point. It does not look real. Oh, I don't know if it looks real or not. But I would. I mean, now that you say that, I'll have to go back and like watch this again and look. Well, one and one of the things I'm using as a criteria here, after we're talking about all the characters and everything else like that, is that I do think it's which movie would I go back and watch right now? If you put them both in front of me, which one would I watch? That's that's part of my criteria, and Thor is one I'm going to watch before Ant Man. Yeah, that's quite a toss up for me. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, and it could be how I'm feeling on that particular day, but today, Thor gets it. All right, on to the fourteen eighteen matchup. We've got at number fourteen, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, came out in twenty seventeen. Rotten Tomatoes gives it a score of eighty five percent. So. Peter Quill and his fellow Guardians of the Galaxy are hired by the Sovereign to protect their batteries, their precious batteries from invaders. And then, of course, you know, Rocket steals them, and then, <laughs> and then they have to run. And then in their escape, they somehow run into Peter's dad, and then they have to kill a planet. <laughs> yeah, there, there you, <laughs> you know. Normal stuff. Normal stuff. It stars Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, Dave Bautista, Bradley Cooper, Vin Diesel, Michael Rooker, Karen Gillum, uh, 
da, was it um, Pom uh, Clementioff? I'm sure. sorry, I butchered that. Um, Sly Stallone, Kurt Russell, and Elizabeth Debicki, directed by James Gunn, and it made $389.8 million at the box office. And it's going up against Captain Marvel, uh, made in 2019. Ron Tomato score of 79%. Um, yes, and basically what's Captain Marvel all about? Captain Marvel is a Kree warrior, and this is, you know, what's kind of cool about both of these movies is that they're really dealing with the cosmos, right? The cosmic storylines, and this yeah. is kind of the first time we, we hear a little bit about Kree. Uh, well, I guess that's not necessarily true. There's The Kree are also in Guardians 1, but right. um, a little bit more in-depth description of the Kree as opposed to them just being another race. Whatever. Villain. A villain right um she is a kree warrior and she's involved in this battle against a new race called the scrolls and essentially she throughout this fight ends up on earth earth 1995 and uh she is dealing with trying to catch the scrolls but also having all of a sudden having memories of herself being a uh you know from earth and a U.S. Air Force pilot um, named Carol Danvers. And so it's based this whole storyline taking place in 95 with Nick Fury as she kind of figures out who she is and uh, why she has these powers and what these powers can actually do. And it stars Brie Larson, Samuel L. Jackson, Ben Mendelsohn, Digimon Hunsu. Am I saying that right? Yeah, it sounds right. Annette Benning and Jude Law. And it was directed by Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck, and it made $408.1 million. Guardians 2, anything with the Guardians of the Galaxy, I think that, you know, what really stands out with those movies, we've got comedy, we've got music. And that's that's kind of what they hang their hats on. That's what James Gunn does such a great job with. You've got basically Baby Groot now voiced by Vin Diesel <laughs> rocket Bradley Cooper just does such a great job. He does a, he does a great job. With rocket. rocket is really the worst. I mean, he always is getting him in trouble, but he's so funny when he's doing it. <laughs> I mean, you can't, you can't you want to buy some batteries. <laughs> you can't overlook Michael Rooker because he, I think he steals the show in this movie. I think he, I think he's like, if he's not maybe not the main character, but he's without him, piece, though. he is a huge piece. And just that whole scene with him and Baby Groot, uh, him trying to get back his uh, <laughs> his little thing as goes the on prototype his prototype fin. Yeah, yeah, the fin. Um, that's just a guy's. <laughs> yeah, that's a guy's ear. That's, that... a, that's a guy's eye. I can't remember what he what, like. He, he brings that and like some like animal and just a whole de- a whole desk and like it just whatever. But him with Taser Face and Craglin. And just that whole dynamic, oh, pretty fun. great. You also learn a lot about Yondu and the and the history. Mantis comes in here, and you're dealing with with her, but also with Ego and and Kurt Russell. Man, is he can he can he just do no wrong? Have you seen him in a movie where you're like, I don't like Kurt Russell? Yeah, he played a good bad guy. I mean, I even watched the Christmas Chronicles, both of them, and I'm like, Chris Russell or Kurt Russell, he is a fantastic Santa Claus. <laughs> I was gonna say, I was like, isn't that wasn't he Santa Claus in that? Yeah. Listen, it sounds silly, and I'm pretty sure they're made for kids, 
but you go watch them and you're going to be like, you know what? I will watch the second one like right away. Very yeah. good. Sly Stallone gets in there. There's a little bit of an extra storyline that might come about with the original Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, anyway, that's Guardians 2. And on the other side of it, we've got Captain Marvel. So I think it's really pretty awesome that Brie Larson kind of, you know, I think I think a lot of people were hoping this might be a reason why they don't shoot this movie didn't get quite as good of an acclaim is that, you know, it's the first female lead full feature length Marvel movie, right? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people thought that should go to Black Widow. With what that totally makes sense. I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that either. Um, but but ha- she is well, getting she, one. Well, she is getting one. The, the, duh. I've seen previews. Yeah. Yeah. But having said that, though, I, I don't know how, how you can hate on this film because of that reason. It's pretty cool to see Samuel Jackson. And actually, the de-aging doesn't look bad. Usually, I think that stuff looks terrible. Oh, um, it looks great. It looks really good. I, they, there's some callbacks. They bring in Digimon Honsu, who is from Guardians of the Galaxy. They bring back Lee Pace. As Ronan from Guardians of the Galaxy, so there's a little mm-hmm. bit of crossover there. Um, Coulson's a younger Coulson's in it. Younger Coulson, you can't. I mean, Jude Law, where's that guy been? I don't know, but he was really great in this movie. Oh, he's great um, in everything. One of my favorite actors is Ben Mendelsohn, and oh, he's good. He plays the bad guy slash good guy. <laughs> you know, as you're watching the the, the, the the air quotes bad guy. Yeah, Talos. I mean, Ben Mendelsohn, man, I think the first thing I, I mean, I've seen him in a lot of things growing up, but I don't really never really hit me until, um, well, he's obviously great in Rogue One, but, uh, he was in this show on Netflix and I'm completely blanking on the name of it and that's okay. Um, but I'll think of it. He's also in Ready Player One. Um, yeah, he's the bad guy in Ready Player One. Bloodline is the name of the show. Anyway, oh, there you go. So this 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 one has a lot of really pretty great acting credits to it, and the storylines. I mean, kind of cool how they get to finally like the the Vers, and he's she's Carol Danvers. I, I mean, I don't know. It was kind of cool. Yeah. Well, and I think it's interesting because you the for one of the first things you said about the Guardians movie was it's got comedy and it's got music, mm-hmm. and you could say the same thing about Captain Marvel. Yeah. It's got comedy and it's got music, different kind of music, but it's all nineties, which is awesome. Yeah. And there's so many comedy 90s. everywhere. There's ben Mendelsohn has some funny scenes. Samuel Jackson is funny, like with him and the cat and everything like that. And you know, Brie Larson has some funny scenes. So there's that's, a lot of humor all over this film. That's not a cat. That's a flurkin. What's a flurkin? <laughs> What's a flurkin? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. So that having, that having been said, I laugh at that, that part the wife and I always laugh at that. All yep. that, all the, all those things considered, I mean, guardians too, that's our vote, right? I, I would go with captain Marvel. Oh, you would really? Yep. Okay. Wow. I did not see that coming. I would well, go with captain Marvel just well, because, well, for, well, I think for some of the, for, for everything that we talked about, like, and especially when you talk about like the, the kind of what we, what we just said between, um, what was it? Amen and Thor. It's like, if you were going to pick these two and rewatch one of them, which one would I watch? I'd probably watch Captain Marvel. Now, if this was Guardians 1, that's a whole other story. 
So I'm going to do that in a second. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give this to you. I'm not going to argue with you. And you know what? The tiebreaker even would be Captain Marvel. So we're just going to say Captain Marvel because we're going to be arguing about Guardians 1 probably a lot later on. So let's we'll save it for then. We, well, I don't know. We may not. We'll yeah, see. we may not be arguing at all. Uh, <laughs> all right. The last play-in game is the 13-17 seed. We've got Avengers Infinity War came out in 2018, which is the 13 seed, by the way. Um, which and it's is got ridiculous. A, it's got a Rotten Tomatoes score of 85%. So, yeah, everybody. Everybody's in it. And this is finally the big bad showdown with Thanos. You know, he finally makes an not necessarily like makes an appearance, but he has a prominent role in this movie. And he's trying to collect all six infinity stones and he wants to use them to kill half of life everywhere. And it's up to the Avengers to stop him. Yeah. I'm not going to everybody. And I'm not going through the cast. It is directed by Anthony Russo and Joe Russo. And it made $678.8 million at the box office. It made a lot. Going up against number 17, Iron Man 3 came out in 2013 and has a Rotten Tomatoes score of 79%. So, played with worry and insomnia since saving New York, you know, post um, first Avengers, Tony Stark is now more dependent on the suits and the Iron Man persona. And now he's got, and it's putting strains on his relationship with Pepper. This introduces the new enemy, the Mandarin. And Tony relies solely on instinct and ingenuity to avenge his loss and protect the people that he loves. Uh, it stars RDJ, Gwyneth Paltrow, Don Cheadle, Guy Pierce, Ben Kingsley. It also Sir, has Sir Ben Kingsley. Sir Ben Kingsley. It's also, let's not forget, we also got to throw um, James Badge Dale in there, who plays one of the bad guys. We also got to throw in there Miguel mm-hmm. Ferrer, who plays the vice president. And William Sadler, who plays the president, President yes. Ellis. And it is directed by Shane Black, and it made $409 million at the box office. Let's talk quickly about Iron Man 3. I, I'm surprised this one wasn't ranked lower, um, even though I do not hate it as much as some do. Um, it's it's not It doesn't flow as well as a lot of the other mcu films um maybe it's because it's like it's like a real it's 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 tony stark and he's really having like a like a moment of conflict like he's basically got ptsd that's exactly what he's got and he's more like he's kind of on his own yeah he's stuck without the iron man suit so it, it is actually leaning more on on him like as an actor without this suit which is kind of cool um i like james badge dale I think that Ben Kingsley playing like the fake Mandarin it's is awesome. one of the that that whole part <laughs> where he's just drunk and he keeps falling asleep and I, cracks me up. I, I could watch that scene and I could watch him playing a fake Mandarin. I could watch a whole movie of that. <laughs> that would I think that actually might be better than this whole movie combined. Personally, I do like Guy Pierce though. I like Guy Pierce, but I don't like what they did with his character. Like, I, I just don't. I like him before he turns into the, like this superhuman, you know, thing. Kind I like, I, I like, I liked him as a, as a conniving like mastermind villain. Yeah, kind of a puppeteer almost. Yeah, of like the guy behind, like pulling the strings and everything like that, instead of like some superhuman. I'll melt your 
I'll, I'll melt everything and yeah, get and then, really and hot. Then Gwyneth, and... and then Gwyneth Paltrow gets those those powers too. And I, I get what they were trying to accomplish. I like more when she becomes, you know, when she dons the Iron Man suit. When she becomes in, rescue. Yeah. Yeah. In, in Endgame, right? That yeah. that that's a better story arc for me for her than her getting this shot and all of a sudden, you know, having similar powers to to Guy Pierce. Right. Um, and you know what's also pretty cool though is the kid that's in that movie, right? He makes an appearance again. What's his name? Uh, Ty Simpkins, who plays Harley Keener. Yep. Um, at the yeah, at the funeral. At the funeral of Endgame, but I've I've read that he may be making an appearance later on down the road um, as either a villain to the new Iron Man character or even maybe an Iron Man character himself. So there's a lot of spinoffs that, that go from that. anyway. And he's also the same kid from Jurassic World. He is the same kid from Jurassic World. Okay, so I, I don't think we have to have a long conversation about this, but, I mean, Infinity War has got to take it, right? I mean, in Yep. Honestly, For a I'm, lot of I, reasons. I am shocked that this is not ranked higher, but we're going to talk about that more later on. I really liked Infinity War. Me too. Anyways. Okay, so bracket time now we're it's always been bracket time but now we're down to the, the 16 the sweet 16. 16 yep okay up first we have the number one versus the number 16 we have number one black panther number 16 captain america black <laughs> panther came out in 2018 rotten tomatoes score of 96 percent. that's crazy that is high mm-hmm. so you know, after the death of his father, T'Challa, returns home to Wakanda to take his rightful place as king. But then when a powerful enemy suddenly reappears, T'Challa has to become the Black Panther. And he gets tested and drawn into conflict and puts the fate of Wakanda and the entire world at risk. Faced with treachery and danger, the young king must rally his allies and release the full power of Black Panther to defeat the foes and secure safety of his people. Stars Chadwick Boseman as the Black Panther, Michael B. Jordan, Lupita Nyong'o, Denai Gurira, Martin Freeman, Sterling K. Brown, Angela Bassett, and Forrest Whitaker. Directed by Ryan Coogler, and it made $700.1 million. And again, it's going up against Captain America. Initial thoughts? I mean, it's tough. Because it's two origin stories, and it's two origin stories of two rather important characters. Yeah, it's well, let's throw some stuff out there about Captain Rest America. Rest in peace, or, Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, yeah, R.I.P. for sure. Um, let's talk about Black Panther a little bit and the pros for it. First of all, I think Killmonger is one of the coolest freaking villains in the whole thing. Oh, yeah, I gotta care. Like Michael Jordan, Michael B. Jordan plays it so freaking well and like even like his the way his skin is designed you know for the set it's just he's just a badass man yeah he is <laughs> um i think it's pretty amazing what they did with the cast and the crew i think i'm really glad they just like really finally you know focusing on you know people of color it's just a really cool storyline too um you know because i mean black panther gets introduced in an earlier film in uh winter in, in winter soldier winter soldier yeah yeah but he's just kind of there he's got I mean, he's got a role you kind of see how big of a badass he is but you don't actually get you obviously don't get any type of like background information with him he's just a badass 
Captain America type with a different suit, right? Basically, yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, getting the whole background, I think having Andy Serkis in there playing Clow is pretty is a pretty cool throwback. I didn't like how he died because Clow is kind of like one of the most like he's like an arch nemesis of Black Panther. Seemed kind of silly to already get rid of him that early. But anyway, I digress. Yeah. Um, going up against Captain America, we've already kind of mentioned that. I think what we could, you know really comes down like maybe comparing the similar traits to it so i guess question one would be which origin story do you like better i don't know i don't know um i think black so they both kind of go on a roller coaster as far as the their their respective origin stories i think black panthers is a little more I think he goes through more because he loses. Right. He com- he loses his throne completely because he gets challenged to gets challenged to a fight and Killmonger kicks his ass. It is a little bit more <laughs> it's more of the hero journey within a movie whereas I feel like Captain America's hero journey spans multiple films. Right? Right. Um and so that's kind of why I think that this is a really cool telling of T'Challa's mm-hmm. yeah like like basically coming of age like actually becoming the king as opposed to like just having the, the title um, right if we're comparing bad guys even though I think Red Skull is, is pretty cool Killmonger, Killmonger. is fucking bad he's pretty good badass he's and also good. to kind of be immersed in the entire you know Wakanda you know war, I mean World War II films are always neat but I think, and like, obviously you're getting kind of immersed in like the idea of like the beginning of Hydra, et cetera. But you're are, you are in this whole new world of Wakanda and this culture and this, um, technology, you know, technological advances. Right. I was trying to think of a way yeah. to work that. Yeah, absolutely. With all the vibranium that they're sitting on. Mm-hmm. All right. So we, we, we agreeing Black Panther. I think, yeah, we gotta, we have to give it to Black Panther for sure. Yeah. All right. Number one seed survives the first round. Next, we have the number eight versus the number nine. A lot of these ones, by the way, have similar rankings, a lot of 90s and 91s. Um, and so, you know, some of the ties kind of went to the dollar amounts. Um, anyway, so up first, we have the number eight, which is Spider-Man Far From Home. This came out in 2019, has a Rotten Tomatoes score of 91%. So Peter Parker, still high school kid takes a European vacation with his, it takes a class trip. And all of a sudden Nick Fury shows up into his, in his hotel room and says, we need you for something, kid. The world's in danger. You know, the, the elementals, the earth, air, water, and fire monsters emerge to tear a hole in the universe. And then it, you know, he ends up teaming up with someone named Mysterio uh, to stop the enemies from wreaking havoc along the continent. But then that's just the beginning. That is just the beginning. Star is Tom Holland. Samuel Jackson, Zendaya, Colby Smulders, Jake Gyllenhaal, John Favreau, Marissa Tomei, Jacob Batalon, and Tony Rivalori. And those are like his a couple of his classmates. I wanted to make yeah. sure we threw, we threw those in there. Um, it also was directed by John Watts and grossed $390.5 million at the box office. And it's going up against number nine, Captain America Civil War 2016. Rotten Tomatoes score of 90%. This has kind of been mounting political pressure to basically have Avengers 
essentially be in, like put into a database so that the government they some, can keep they need some checks, checks yep. and balances, keep track of them. So Tony Stark is all about that. They signed they signed the Wachovia Accords that basically says this is going to be a thing now. Mm-hmm. He's in, he's over with this group of people, whereas on this side of the people is is Iron Man or I'm sorry is Captain America who doesn't believe, and he's he's coming from the perspective of you know the Nazis and Hydra and World War II. So he's saying, no, I'm not on board with this. And then, uh, you know, conflict ensues. So it's basically superheroes against superheroes in this instance. Yep. And it stars, well, everybody. It's got Chris Evans. It's got RDJ, Scarlett Johansson, Sebastian Stan, Anthony Mackie, John Cheadle, Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Bettany, I, Jeremy Renner. Uh, I'll stop. Yeah, you, you, you keep going. <laughs> I could keep going, but I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. Again, also directed by the Russo brothers and made $408.1 million. All right. So, it's far from home, Jake Gyllenhaal is a great villain. Mm-hmm. It's a different villain. Yeah. But he plays it incredibly well. I think that, like, the the way that the way that they really capture the fact that these are high school kids is pretty well done. Like he's still a teenager finding his way, how to balance being Spider-Man versus, I mean, this is post end game. So it's versus post the blip. Everyone's back. And he's trying to, he's trying to like deal with like being this superhero, but also still being a high school kid and hanging out with high school friends and going on a high school trip. Well, and, and having to take that, take the mantle of from Iron Man. Yeah. uh, everybody expecting him to fill those shoes Mm -hmm. which are is impossible (laughs) right um they do a good job with the teachers and the chaperones and as a teacher i think that they play jb smooth i love he's great in it (laughs) jb smooth and martin star and he's the main he's the main teacher mr harrington and actually martin star played a role in um incredible hulk as well like he was one of he was like one of the students in that in that film. So anyway, um, the, the, I the, I just think this whole field trip dynamic, fighting bad guys, being in Europe, it just works really well, and that's probably why it's ranked so high because it because it's a mixture of like, uh, um, you know, action, suspense, whatever, but also it's got a lot of great humor in there, um, as Spider Man movies should because they're always super silly and and he is a kid because he's a kid. Yep. He's a kid. Um, okay. That having been said, that's kind of the funny version. Civil War, this is like one of the more serious films out of all of them. Even even, even Endgame and even Infinity War, like that's got a lot of good comedy. And this one does not have that much humor in it. It's like pretty much it's like... A pretty, these... It's a pretty serious subject. It is. like, <laughs> And it, it's definitely different than a lot of the Marvel films we're used to seeing, but um, the action is ramped up. What's pretty cool about these giant ensembles is I think they do a really good job of not of making sure people, I don't want to say get equal screen time, but get enough screen time to where it's actually worthwhile that they're in the film. Right. You know, I think they all do a pretty good job of that. That's what I mean. This is kind of like, this isn't the, fir- this is actually the first version of that. This is almost like the, um, well, I guess Avengers is the first, this, this, this one has even more, avengers than the original avengers film or even avengers 2 
Well, and it's funny because it's, I mean, it's a Captain America movie, but it might as well be another Avengers movie because there are so many people in it. Right. Uh, but, I, but I get the storyline kind of centers. I mean, you could almost argue it could be another Iron Man film, but it's not. Yeah. Well, what's kind of cool too is you've got like appearances by Ant Man. This is this is the first appearance by Spider Man, and, and yeah. for them to basically throw these characters in there without an origin is pretty impressive. That they can still kind of pull it off, and you just know who they are, but you don't need to have this whole backstory yet. Right. I think it, I think it's really well done. Um, so I, I don't know. What do you, you go first in this one? I think I love the storyline. I, I, I don't know. As, I, I need to look it up. The villain is fantastic. And the, the logic behind what he's trying to do is, it's so, like you said, it's serious, but it's more psychological. You know, talking about, you know, an empire, you know, that's conquered can rise again. But an empire that crumbles from within is dead forever. You're talking about Zemo. Zemo. Yeah. 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 Captain Z- Captain? Captain Zemo. Yeah. And I think he's coming back, too. Mm-hmm. Or he's going to make he's going to start making a couple more appearances. He's going to be in he's going to be in Falcon and the Winter, Winter Yeah, I was going to say he's going to be in that TV show. So I think Zemo is diabolical mm-hmm. as a villain for civil war and just i think it just puts a different type of spin on it and you can like when you get to that like you can feel the pressure mounting and you yeah. know what's going to happen and you're like well, how are they going to react like what's going on and then you know obviously at the end all hell breaks loose and it's and it's insane but um yeah i i, I re i really like civil war just because yeah maybe because it is it, it takes it a little bit more serious like it, it's a little more serious it's a serious subject it, it does have a ton of people in it introduces a lot of people you see i mean it is basically like another avengers movie but you really get to that 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 rift that's been building finally comes to a head yeah and i also like that it's not resolved in this movie like it's something that hangs over their heads and isn't even really resolved until endgame until which, Endgame, which is yeah, it wasn't yeah. Civil War it is right. Civil War it is yeah. <laughs> okay, um, all right. Next we have the number two seed, and we've been mentioning this film many times. So here it finally is. The number two is Avengers Endgame going up against the number nineteen seed, Thor. Avengers Endgame came out in twenty nineteen. Rotten Tomato score of ninety four percent. So. Yeah, it's Endgame. <laughs> it's post snap, and it's now post, it's, it's post pe- snap. It's the people that lived. So it's Tony Stark, it's Thor, it's Black Widow, it's Captain America, it's Hulk slash Bruce Banner. Now then, they have to, you know, they call they all make their way back to Earth, and then they have to figure out a way to bring everybody back to to undo what Thanos did, and right. eventually they figure it out, and yeah. And it stars literally everybody that's been in any Marvel movie ever. Maybe yeah. not stars, but they've been in it. Exactly. Everybody's in it. And also direct- directed. Yep. Go ahead. Directed by the Russo brothers, $858.4 million at the box office. High, highest grossing one, almost a billion dollars at the box office. That's a lot of money. Bonkers. I read that they were also going to re-release it back into the box office before COVID hit just to get that billion. 
I would have gone and seen it again. I would have. I would have gone. <laughs> I mean, I I saw it three times in the theater, so I I think I would see it again. How many that's a times lo- I saw it in the theater. So we saw it opening night. I know. It's and a then, long and it's a long film too, and I, I I don't mind sitting through it. I think I probably saw it one more time in the theaters. I can't remember. So going up against what now? Thor. It's going up against Thor, and I don't think we have to really debate this. I mean, we got to. No, really. we're, we're gonna move Endgame through. Yeah. Um, you know. Not because Thor isn't a great film, but because, and we know, let's also mention, Thor had the first upset of the day, beating Ant-Man, the 19 beaten upset in the 15 seed. So good job, Thor, but uh, Endgame, we'll take it from here. Yep. Because it's Endgame, come on. Because it's Endgame. Yeah. Uh, all right. Up next, we have the 7 versus the 10 seed, Guardians of the Galaxy versus Captain America Winter Soldier. Guardians came out in 2014, Rotten Tomatoes score of 91%. So Peter Quill finds himself in the... So Peter Quill finds himself the quarry of relentless bounty hunters after he steals an orb coveted by Ronan, who is a Kree, previously mentioned, a powerful villain. To To evade him, he's forced to kind of join forces with Rocket, Groot and Gamora and the hilarious Drax the Destroyer. And then when they figure out kind of what the orb is, then they got to rally, you know, this ragtag group to save the galaxy, hence Guardians of the Galaxy. It it stars Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, Dave Bautista, Vin Diesel, Bradley Cooper, Lee Pace is the bad guy, Ronan, mm-hmm. um, Michael Rooker again is back in there. Karen Gillan, Digimon Honsu, John C. Riley. Let's not forget about John C. Riley and Glenn Close are both in there as well. And as the collector, Benicio del Toro. And it was directed by James Gunn and it made $333.2 million. And again, it's up against uh, Winter Soldier. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I already know which one I'm picking. Me too. Okay. Do we just go ahead and say Guardians? Yep. Okay, we're gonna say Guardians. We talked a lot about Winter Soldier already. Winter Soldier is great. The this honestly, the music in Winter Soldier, it's not music, it's more like sound effects, like almost like the Darth Vader, you know, um the the Imperial March. Yep. That Winter Soldier, that weird like screaming, screeching noise, like it's creepy AF and it's so well done. But having said that, Guardians is one of the best movies that they've ever made. So. Guardians is, yeah, it's one of my favorite Marvel movies. Guardians 1. Not an upset, 7 over a 10, but we'll see what damage Guardians 1 can do later on. Up next, we have the number 3 versus Captain Marvel. The second episode of the day that upset Guardians 2, the 18 over the 14. So let's talk about Iron Man, the first of the MCU, the third ranked movie on Rotten Tomatoes with 95% came out in 2008. And it's Iron Man. Billionaire, industrial, and inventor Tony Stark. He's doing a weapons test overseas, but then he gets kidnapped, and then they say, hey, you gotta make us this missile, and he says, no, I'm gonna make this suit instead and escape. And then he comes back to America and kind of re- redefine, like redesigns it, realizes, hey, I can do some good, turns then. You know, creates the official Iron Man suit, 
And then he uses that to combat crime and terrorism. And then, well, eventually, you know, people figure out what he did, build a rival. Now you got a villain. And yeah. <laughs> stars That's what happens. Stars Robert Downey Jr., Terrence Howard, who is playing um, Rhodey. Rhodey. He obviously got replaced. Um, it also stars Jeff Bridges. And Gwyneth Paltrow, directed by John Favreau, made three hundred eighteen point six million dollars at the box office. Going up against Captain Marvel again. Um, I think we save a lot of the Iron Man conversations for the next round because we got to move. We got to move Iron Man through here. I mean, is there even a dis- d- debate? No, I love Captain Marvel, but Iron Man's Iron Man. Like this, I love this movie. So yeah, we got to move it on just so cool and i remember watching this for the first time on one of those uh, 1080p screens and i was like I, I don't know who i was with my parents or something and i was like it's too real looking like i can like <laughs> i can like see his like follicles on his skin <laughs> and i didn't like it but the movie itself is fucking is just it's it's a fantastic origin story yeah we'll we'll talk more about that uh next time next time around the next matchup we've got is marvel's the avengers the number six going up against the number 11 doctor strange the avengers came out in 2012 rotten tomato score of 91 percent yeah and um when loki is given access to the tesseract nick nick fury the director of shield initiates his avenger the you know initiates the avengers initiative uh, to help, you know, save the Earth. So he puts his dream team together of Iron Man, Captain America, Hulk, Thor, Black Widow, and Hawkeye. And yeah, the Avengers and, assemble. And you just named all of those characters, so we have to go into them. It is directed by Joss Whedon, and it made $623.4 million at the box office. All right. This is What's maybe... Going a against? Little, it's going against the number 11 seed, Doctor Strange. Hmm. So, you know, we really didn't talk too much about it before with Doctor Strange, but uh, Mads Mikkelsen plays a really good um, villain in Doctor Strange. And I think you're actually like, if you're even like talking about like, you know, kind of a villain, but also the Sorcerer Supreme is kind of like his antagonist a little bit. Um, Tilda Swinton. So the the, the ancient one, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, And you also it also sets the stage for the future bad guy mordo you know that's you know uh what's the name not a bad uh, guy yet yeah yeah it, but it's setting the stage for that to happen at some point mm-hmm. so it, it does a lot of really cool things benjamin brad even makes an appearance we didn't even really mention rachel mcadams before benedict wong plays wong which <laughs> um, <laughs> is so funny <laughs> pretty funny and what do you want to be named oh we'll just call you by your last name cool um <laughs> But, I mean, the Avengers is the first time this this super group kind of comes together. And almost it's almost like a test to see, can we bring all of these major characters and actors together into one film as an ensemble? And will this work? And it definitely works. And it definitely worked. Yeah. Um, so, Avengers. Avengers. Avengers Sorry, Avengers. Dr. Strange. Sorry, Dr. Strange. You'll have your moment. You got more movies and shows coming up. Uh, okay. Up next, we have the number four versus the number 13, which is number four Ragnarok 
Thor Ragnarok. And the number 13 is Infinity War. Now, Thor Ragnarok came out in 2017, and Rotten Tomatoes gave it a score of 93%. And imprisoned on the other side of the universe, the mighty Thor finds himself in a deadly collateral contest that pits him against, well, the Hulk, his former ally. Thor's quest for survival leads him in a race of time to prevent the all-powerful Hela from destroying his home world and all of Asgardian civilization. All right. Uh, and, and, you know, it stars all of the, the regular hitters, but we also got to put Kate Blanchett in there as well. Let's also not forget some other characters that make an appearance. It's also got our old, uh, our old buddy um, uh, Carl Urban in it. Mm-hmm. who is freaking hilarious. Jeff Goldblum plays the Grand Master, and we've even got a sighting from, uh, what's his name? Um, Matt Damon, who plays, <laughs> he doesn't, doesn't he play Thor? <laughs> no, he's, no, he's Loki. Oh, he's Loki, that's he's right. He's Loki yeah. in that play. And Oh, and the, and the, the uh, other Hemsworth brother is playing Thor. Liam is playing Le- Thor. Liam Hemsworth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, no, it's wait, we've also got, yeah, and then um, Luke, he- Luke, Luke Hemsworth, Luke, Luke Hemsworth. is sorry, and then Valkyrie's in it too. I can't remember, yes. uh, that is Tessa Thompson, yeah. So it's got a lot of a lot of pretty good people in there. Um, it's directed by Taika Watiti. Uh, I probably pronounced that wrong, I think Taika, Taika Watiti, okay. And it made $315.1 million at the box office. Surprised it didn't make more money, but that's okay. And again, it's going up against Infinity War. This is, so, this is tough. Let's talk about Thor a little bit. So, first of all, talk about a movie that just flat out embraces comedy. I mean, this movie that, does... And I think that that is a reflection of its director. Total right, but, 1,000%. But you've got you've got such it just the pendulum just goes back and forth with this movie because you've got like this really serious theme going on with Thor, his dad dying, his sister they never knew about his he loses his hammer, which he comments on later on jokingly. But it's, you know, he had a really emotional attachment to this hammer used to pull him off. Right. Um, Pull him off the ground. and it's you're dealing with that and all you know resurrection of like past warriors and everything but then it's just a complete it's a complete gag reel it's just it's like a com it's a comedic show while he's with the grandmaster and while he's fighting the hulk and and their banter back and forth um oh just i mean just the the first appearance of like him being in there and like going up against his grand champion or whatever and then it opens up and it's hulk and he's just yeah, we used to work together. <laughs> yeah, I know him. I know him. <laughs> well, Infinity War is is just it's it's a. I mean, let's let's touch about talk about Infinity War for a second. It's such a it's such a daunting task to essentially. I mean, it's pretty. It's a pretty grand movie, more so than Endgame, I think, because you've got these epic uh, battles. Absolutely. They're being waged on different planets and different places, and and the teams are all separated based on kind of where they are. Like there's the team that's on the ship. You've got Doctor Strange and Spider Man and Iron Man. Then you've got they kind of team up with Guardians and they split. Some are on the planet. Some go back to Earth. 
Thor shows up there and down on Earth, and now we're at Wakanda, and and you know you've got Black Panther and Captain America and Bucky Barnes, and it's just so it's so epic. It's got the best fight sequences, except for like the last like twenty minutes of Endgame or whatever it is. But across, it's a it's an entire movie of just fight scenes. Yeah. Having said that, if if you're going to ask me which of these movies that I want to watch all the time, Ragnarok is the one I watch more than any other film. <laughs> just, yeah, and that's and it's interesting because like when you're watching these in order, these go in order. Like you watch Thor Ragnarok and then you watch Infinity War because Infinity War starts at the very end of Ragnarok. Right. Yeah, that's that's they're all on the because sh- they're all on the ship and then you know Thanos attacks the ship and whatever. Like these, right. the, this is the order they go in order. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting that these end up going against each other but yeah that being said like i love and like i love infinity war i i I probably love it the most because it ends on a downer Mm -hmm. because they lost right and maybe that's why it probably didn't get as big of rotten tomato scores as like other movies because it ends on a downer and sometimes Mm -hmm. people just don't like that but i loved it Mm -hmm. but yeah ragnarok just kind of I mean, just the amount of one-liners, just the amount of, I mean, even Loki's in there. He's, he's freaking hilarious. The grandmaster. It, it um, turns, it turns the genre, like, not to say it turns the genre on its head, but it, it, it does the same, like it has the same impact for me as like guardians does where it just completely like, you think this is a superhero movie. Okay. I'm going to turn it on its head and this is what I'm going to, this is how we're going to create a superhero film and we're going to make a superhero film this way. It and does really going to be awesome. It embraces like the ridiculousness of what's going on more, more yeah. so than, and a lot of the other films do this. Like they acknowledge that they're not taking themselves so seriously that like we've said before, but this more so than ever. Yeah. I mean, I mean the opening scene, he's, he's in a cage floating around and he's telling a story to a skeleton <laughs> and it, it just <laughs> is so absurd. He's just there talking, talking to himself, just having, having a good old time. And that network's it's like, well, that's what this is going to be about. This is how this movie is going to go. Like we're off and we're off and running. Yeah, we're we're, we're we're going to be in for a really funny adventure here. And I think it just is it's incredibly well done. I think so too. Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Last the last round of the sixteen. And we're gonna we're gonna probably rattle through the rest of these pretty quick. We have Spider Man Homecoming, ranking number five, going up against Iron Man two, which was a huge upset of a 21 versus a 12 over Ant-Man and the Wasp. So Spider-Man Homecoming came out in 2017, Rotten Tomatoes score of 92%. And thrilled by his experience with the Avengers, young Peter Parker returns home to his Aunt May and under the watchful eye of Tony Stark, he starts to kind of embrace being Spider-Man. And um, although he tries to return to his daily routines, he gets distracted because he's, He's a kid and he wants to prove himself and he wants to be that friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And he soon has to put his powers to the test when he, you know, discovers the vulture is uh, doing some naughty things with some alien tech. And um, yeah, he's got to save his neighborhood. Stars Michael Keaton. I got to say him first because I freaking love Michael Keaton. He he plays the vulture. I mean, top build is Tom Holland, obviously Spider-Man. RDJ is in there. He, I, he actually played a bigger role than I thought he was going to mm-hmm. uh, when this movie was kind of being aired uh, or at least previous for it. 
also got Gwyneth Paltrow in a little bit and Marissa Tomei. And of course, John Favreau as well. It's directed by John Watts and it made $390.5 million. And like I said, it's going up against Iron Man 2, which has a lot of these same characters. I I think that just strictly from a, a bad guy perspective, this this movie has one of the best villains because Michael Keaton plays it so well. And also he plays it in a way that it's a really cool twist on Vulture, I thought. And I'm sure people who are comic book enthusiasts or aficionados, whatever you want to call it, truists, may not agree with me. But, you know, the fact that he is essentially acting as a vulture for all of these alien tech pieces that S.H.I.E.L.D. or whatever S.H.I.E.L.D.'s called now, S.W.O.R.D., is trying to keep out of the hands of people because it's alien technology, it's futuristic technology. He's scooping all up building himself this amazing suit and it's it's a pretty it's a pretty cool rendition of vulture in my opinion yeah and he's doing it to make a buck and that's the other cool part about it too is you you empathize you know empathize but you sympathize with them you're like yeah he's just a you know working class guy trying to get by and the government kind of f's him you know takes away his contract and this is kind of sometimes what happens to people when they're backed up against the wall he, he didn't feel like he had another choice. Yep. And so he evolves into this villain type character. And even the end, the cutscene, kind of the idea of him with Scorpion. And that's going to be the beginning of like the Sinister Six, which, which I think is also a really cool. I thought it was Carnage. No, no, that, that, that's a, that's Woody Harrelson. No, no. Well, well yeah. Woody Harrelson is going to pop into, um, into Venom. Yeah, and that's all part of the that, that's that's another iteration of the Sinister Six. But I'm talking this Sinister Six would be Vulture, Scorpion, who makes it who makes a cameo in the film. He's a guy that has a scar in his eye. He's he's okay. from um, Better Call Saul. Anyway, um, and then they're gonna bring in, I think, like one of the goblins, and and that kind of director trajectory of the Sinister Six. Maybe even Venom, and who knows, Carnage. Carnage is supposed to be in the next Venom movie. Yeah. Anyway, 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 sorry, I digress. Homecoming wins, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Now we have the Elite Eight. Let's start off with our number one seed, Black Panther, versus the number nine seed, Civil War. You go first. <laughs> oh, why are you gonna make me go first? Um, <laughs> I'll go first next time. We'll we'll, we'll rotate I'll go first next time. I mean, this is tough because you're talking. I mean, this is this is an origin story against an ensemble cast, and if you're, you know, knee jerk, gun to my head, my my first reaction is I go Civil War. I do too, and I I think it's because of the ensemble aspect of it, mm-hmm. right? I think that yep. you. I, I think it's because of the ense- ensemble aspect of it. I think you've got. All of these characters coming together, including back Black Panther. So that's, that's why I don't feel so guilty about him, them not moving through, because he is in Civil War. He's in a lot of these other movies too. Um, but I think that that conflict really drives the rest of the storyline through Endgame. This is a really important film of yes, the entire is. MCU. Uh, you it's a argue- tipping point. You could argue, yeah, this is this is like the real lull in the story, and this is where the all of the heroes have to come back from this to then to then get beat again in Infinity War. But I, at least 
at least this sets like the drama of like how are they going to get out of this and come back together to eventually fight the really big bad who is obviously thanos thanos all right civil war it is up next speaking of fighting the big bad we have the two versus the number seven seed end game versus guardians of the galaxy i told you i'd go first here the number one movie that i watch whenever you know i've got a tummy ache or i'm uh, just (laughs) laying in bed not doing anything or i'm allowed to put on something you know on my own guardians of the galaxy is something i reach for all the time and as far as like what they account i mean this is this is just a ragtag bunch of, of morons basically this movie shouldn't work it's it's it was really a pretty risky and there's a lot of people have written articles about this even kevin feige has said this like this was the jumping into the the the, the into this the cosmos right looking at this from we're not we're no longer on earth let's open this thing up you gotta, take, open it up. gotta look at all of these different worlds and if this doesn't work if this fails miserably you know, we don't know really what's going to happen with with the rest of the because this you know this kind of sets the stage for being able to bring in the Captain Marvels, being able to bring in even Thanos, right? At, That's what I was scale. I was just going to say. Like, if this doesn't work, how do you bring in Thanos? Right. So he's 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 an ex, he's an extraterrestrial being. Mm-hmm. Well. I mean, I, I already have my vote. It's Guardians. And I know that's a fair thing, unfair thing to say, because this this is this is what sucks about these seedings. I wish I could have moved these things around to give it more of a fair fighting for me, because Endgame is the one I put on the second most. And maybe not the first half of Endgame, but man, that last hour, I, you are like on your edge of your seat. It Endgame is, is just a tad long. It's very it's very long. It's a three hour movie. It's very long. It is, yeah. It, it 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 does drag a little bit at some parts. Um, actually, I think the the parts where it drags the most is where they're actually getting the stones. I think the beginning where they're all coming back together again is pretty hilarious. And then the fight scenes again, and and I get, I do get choked up, man, during that part. Watch oh, six. When, I mean, that, and then also when when, when <laughs> Captain Tony? America. No when, when, no, when Captain America. No, actually, I'm not even thinking about him dying. But yeah, that that that's that's sad too. But I get more choked up when all of a sudden Captain America can wield Mjolnir and Thor goes, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> right? I don't get choked up. I just think I was like, yep, told you. I mean, uh, if anybody who could do it, of course he can do it. It's Captain America. And it's a really cool throwback to when they're all trying to pick it up in, in Avengers and Age, Age, of Ultron. Age of Ultron. And it kind of moves and like Thor is, looks really worried and he just, uh, it, it doesn't move. Well, and, he sits back and then down. Vision just goes, here you go. <laughs> right. Yep. That's pretty cool. Um, and actually, in the comics, in the car, in the comics, Scarlett Johansson can wield that. So that's what's interesting is that she didn't even try to pick it up. Anyway, Guardians. Uh, I agree. I mean, I, I love both. I like, I love both these movies. But for for me, like Guardians is one of the best ones they've ever done. What's funny is that I'm like I'm looking up some facts and stats and stuff for Guardians, or I'm getting them prepared, not even to argue with you about Endgame, but for a potential argument in the future. <laughs> Just not even argument, but it's like talking points because there are a lot of really yeah, cool facts about. All right, anyway, Guardians moves on. 
upset upset city we've had two big upsets here in a row up next is this going to be another upset we'll see Iron well, Man. and we didn't, I think you you made reference to it. Like we didn't touch these. We probably should have, but we didn't. We went no. chalk based on rotten based on rotten tomatoes, which is yeah, yeah. That's a flawed rating system. But you know what? We had to start somewhere, so that's why we're going to see these upsets. Anyways, sorry. Iron Man number three going up against the number six Avengers, the original Avengers. Ooh, you got to go first in this one. I got to go first in this one. So we've got Iron Man against the Avengers. Um, I mean, again, I think uh, for for me, knee jerk, I lean towards Iron Man. I do too, and I think that Jeff Bridges. We didn't really touch on him really much. Um, Obadiah Stane is a good head guy, and I, you know, I I think it's because Loki is obviously. He's just not as bad of a bad guy. He's he's more of a likable bad guy. Jeff Bridges is a giant dickhead. And he's just kind of what typical of what represents, you know, corporate greed and doing whatever it is to make the most money. And then in, in turn, he also wants to be super like literally powerful. And that's that's like kind of a blueprint for most of these com- these comic book bad guys, right? No, absolutely. No, totally. Absolutely. Can you believe that Iron Man almost was cast? Okay, I think we all know RDJ does an amazing job. The one thing about this first one, though, I don't like his facial hair as much as he as he, he gets much better. It's like too separated in this one. Anyway, I don't even notice that. You just broke the glass for me. Well, next time you watch it, you're gonna, all you're going to be doing is staring at his mustache and how it doesn't come close to his. his I'm gonna I'm gonna be staring at that little, and then cursing you. Yeah, his soul patch and his th- you know chin hair and it's just it's just really not great looking. This almost featured. Nicholas Cage, that's rumors, and also Tom Cruise, rumors of 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 people who could have played or were up to possibly play Iron Man. No way. <laughs> I could maybe see Tom Cruise, but I definitely cannot see Nicholas Cage. No, that's that's probably fault. That's probably fake news. But all right, that could be fake news. Iron Man, Iron Man moves on. That's the only one chalk so far. Finally, the last Elite Eight matchup, we have number four Ragnarok versus number five. Homecoming. I can go first on this one too. I I go first in on this one, right? Uh, you you can or I can. I don't care. You, go ahead. You go. I mean, again, if we're if 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 how we're handling this is just knee jerk, kind of what we think, it's Ragnarok. I already wrote it down. <laughs> I, listen, I I think that the I, I'm really happy that that Marvel didn't pull, pull the same old bullshit of of every other spider-man franchise thing of let's we have to tell him getting bit by a spider and doing that whole thing again it's i love the fact that they didn't do that it's you know what it's literally like a line of dialogue it's like so wait you got bit by a spider yes and now all of a sudden yes it was it was a it was 30 seconds of the movie Mm -hmm. i'm really i'm really glad they did that that having been said though ragnarok is just We've already mentioned all the great reasons why, so we got to move. We got to move that one forward. We got to, and honestly, like if you, for for me, like I could have seen Homecoming going out earlier, depending on who it went up against. I would agree too, but it just the way the brackets fell, it moved on. But like, I mean, it's, against some of the some of the lower seeds, like yeah, it probably could have. I think it got knocked out, but I think it's ranked that high because of what we just said. Because they didn't do the whole origin story, they just jumped right into it. 
You're like, yeah, it's Spider-Man. Everybody knows why. And I also think it's Michael Keaton. I think Michael Keaton really bumps those. Tom Holland is a great. I think Tom Holland too. I think Tom Holland is great. I think it's both. I think it's I think it's Tom Holland is a is a good Spider-Man, but yeah, Michael Keaton is a fantastic villain. And it's also pretty cool to finally have Spider-Man like his age finally matches where he is in life. You know what I mean? Like 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 he's he is that high school goofy immature silly spider-man that people really wanted to have and that's why that was ranked so high and i, and I don't blame i don't blame him it's a really great movie and he portrays it so well that character but i really think ragnarok is when hemsworth and thor's character really establishes establishes itself and sets the tone for what thor is going to be like from now on i think yep. thor thor one had hints of that thor two was too serious and finally it's guys it's it's freaking it's a god of thunder let's let's have some fun with this thing a little bit yeah. right and they do totally. ragnarok ragnarok moves on ragnarok moves on so now we've got we might as well keep talking about ragnarok because we're down to the final four okay and the, fi- the final four we're gonna have civil war the nine seed going up with ragnarok the four seed i mean I lean Ragnarok once again. <laughs> I, I'm fine with that. I, I, I have no arguments with, with Ragnarok taking this. I mean, especially now you're talking about two great movies and movies that we like and movies that we enjoy. But I mean, Ragnarok is just, it kind of set itself apart from everything else in a good way mm-hmm. for a lot of the same things that we don't need to go into again. Totally true. On the other side of the bracket, the other two of the final four we have guardians one versus iron man Ooh, you can go first on this one (laughs) (laughs) all right let me just throw some things at you about guardians number one we haven't touched about this yet because i was saving it for now music the soundtrack awesome mix value one actually reached number one on the u.s billboard 200 chart first film soundtrack to ever do that without any original music. <laughs> it was also nominated for the 2015 Grammy Award for Best Soundtrack. So let's let me let me put that out there. Number 2, I mean, can you can you just we need to put in this into perspective. You got Vin Diesel, who's one of the highest paid actors in the world, you know, from all the Fast and the Furious movies. Yeah, especially all, at the time, yeah. And all he says is I am Groot. Over and over and over again. <laughs> And it just works. They could have gotten any other person to freaking do that. He says, and, "Hey, he says we are Groot once." You're right. He does at say the very end. He says five. Wait, I am Groot. We are. We are right, Groot. So he, has, no, he, he has says five. Four words. He has five words over and over again. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, another thing that's I think really impressive about Guardians is just Chris Pratt, because you know you think about him before he wasn't a leading guy he was in parks and recreation he used a lot of physical humor because he's a bigger guy was a bigger guy and then he just drops all this weight and all of a sudden it's like you got jacked man for this movie and that if anything like listen the other movies i think that hemsworth is already pretty jacked and i think a lot of the 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 mcu characters were pretty fit but i think this really set the stage of well now if you're going to be a freaking mcu star you're going to be freaking in the, this is like part of the rigorous training. Is, is this is what this is the expectation now. Mm-hmm. 
And so it kind of set the stage for that. I think Tony Stark is, is, is the character that drives the entire, it's why I'm really curious to see what happens after now that he's dead from Endgame. Like, is that going to completely impact the trajectory? Cause he was pretty much the beating heart of the entire MCU, him and Captain yep. America. And now they're both gone. Now they're both gone. But, ha- but again, having said that, I'm, I, I gotta, I'm going with guardians. I have to go with guardians too. I mean, I, Iron Man is one of those movies that, that especially when you're talking about like the Marvel movies that I will watch over and over and over again, just because I think it's, it's fascinating to me that one, it's a great origin story, but it was the first one and it was so damn good. Mm-hmm. I guess it is so damn good, but guardians for me, like, I, I think I went, when I first saw it at the theaters, I wasn't sure what to expect. Because I'm like, who the hell is this? And just loved every second of it. The opening scene, your automatic. Not, well, not I guess not the opening scene. The opening, the opening kind of scene is is back him in time. Being, him being taken away. Him by, being taken away. Yeah. But I mean, it's the pre-credit scene. But then that opening scene of Chris Pratt. The next scene of Chris Pratt dancing to what's it called? Oh, uh, hey. Um, doesn't oh, yeah. that song I don't know. Come, come and get, and get your love. Come get your love right yeah and he's grabbing alien little things and singing into them and tossing them around he's got he's got a freaking walkman i'm like this is this is gonna be a pretty fantastic freaking movie yep. and, and it really is it doesn't slow down it really does not have any slow moments in it maybe a couple random scenes but it's it's pretty much on the gas here's here's the journey of these five morons that, misfits. that do not like each other and how they become kind of a family. It's just a really cool story. I agree. So we've got that really cool story. This is the championship round. The really cool story of that bunch of misfits going up against maybe the ultimate misfit, Thor Ragnarok. Initial thoughts. Initial thoughts. And I, you know, let me throw some things at you about Thor real quick. Cause I did that with guardians. Um, Let's see. What's what's some fun thing to say here? Uh, first of all, to speak about like how cool of a storyline it was. Um, what's his name that plays Odin? Sir Anthony Hopkins wasn't yeah. going to return as Odin, but he loved the story so much from the script. He actually changed his mind <laughs> and said, yeah, I'm, I'm back in. Another fun thing about this is that they were talking about doing like Hulk's own movie, but they decided to combine the two because of their their on-screen dynamic, especially during like the Avengers, how they kind of pick on each other a little bit. And so they decided pretty much like this is going to be like the Hulk world. And they decided to instead combine these two into a film, which is a pretty cool storyline because I'm not sure how well like a whole Hulk universe movie will work. Maybe they'll do that at some point, but not right now. Yeah, I don't know. Well, maybe now that he's kind of like not like a mindless crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's that he was with Endgame, like he combined the brains and the brawn, and now he's kind of a walking talking Hulk instead of like a uh, Hulk or he's Bruce Banner. Yeah. Uh the director, Watiti, actually is Korg. I don't know if you knew that or not. So he plays Korg, he voices Korg. Um, what else? Does Korg say anything? <laughs> uh, well, not really. Oh no, 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 Korg, Korg. Yeah. The, 
not the guy with the machine, you know, the guy with the Alpha. Not Mick. No, that's no, Mick. Mick. I was like, Mick, I was like, Mick, Mick's not, no, Korg. <laughs> no, Korg, yeah. yeah. No, I got you. I like Korg, too. I know, Korg's really good. Korg's good. Uh, another cool thing about Ragnarok, I think, is, is well, let's not forget, like, the improv, improv, yeah, improvisation talents of Chris Hemsworth. Apparently, Watiti basically, like, let him go with some of his comedy. He's got really good comedic timing. Um, and a lot, there are some scenes that weren't necessarily written that the way they were eventually panned out. Same thing kind of goes for Guardians too with Chris Pratt. I mean, there's that there's that famous scene where he, you know, he has the orb in his hand and he drops it on accident, picks it back up. That that actually isn't in the script. He just did that, <laughs> and they kept it in there. James Gunn kept it in there. But, you know, I think it kind of comes down to like, do we like the? They're both kind of ensembles, right? So I mean, they're not the same type of let's bring a whole team together, but Ragnarok kind of develops into a team and so does guardian. So Ragnarok, you've got Tessa Thompson, you've got Loki, you've got, or Tom Hiddleston, you've got, you know, Chris Hemsworth and, and even, you know, Mark Ruffalo, they all become like a little group fighting against Hella and, and, and um, what's his name? Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum, um, the grandmaster. And then guardians is similar to that too. They're all coming together to try and fight against Ronan. Um, they both got amazing soundtracks. Guardians is better. Yes, it is. So I'm just going to tell you what I what my vote would be here. It's it's very tough for me to say this because I can't. I have to pick one of them. I'm I'm picking Guardians of the Galaxy. And I am too. You are too. Are <laughs> all right. Well, you heard it here first. For, you heard it here first, folks. The best MCU movie is Guardians of the Galaxy one. Number one, the first one. Real quick fun fact, total combined box office earnings by the MCU phases one through three so far is $8,583,100,000. I thought that was fun. I saw those numbers and I was just like, I want to add all those up and see what it, see what they, see what it comes out to be. That is freaking crazy. And you wonder why they keep making them. No shit. All right, that's the MCU. Maybe one day we'll loop back around to some other Marvel movies that are not in the MCU, like the original Spider-Mans. Both, I guess, both Spider-Mans. We've got the Hulk. We've got all the X-Men movies, just to name a few. Deadpool. That, oh yeah, forgot about Deadpool. He'll be looped in there pretty soon, though. He he will be looped in. I'm excited to see how they do that. But yeah, yeah, and even Venom too. That's going to be part of the MCU at some point in the future. Love maybe Tom maybe Hardy. maybe as early as the uh, next Spider-Man. We'll see. So thanks for sticking around with us. That was a pretty long one. Any, any, uh, any thank yous besides our fans? We appreciate you listening. That was, that was fun though. Hopefully you enjoyed it. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. Um, no, no, no real, no real thank yous. Um, it's, it's a couple of days early, but I will wish uh, Jordan a happy birthday. Her birthday's on February 2nd, Groundhog Day. She'll be a spry 22, even though she says she's old. I don't know why, but she's, she's, she thinks she's getting old at 22, but I can assure you, Jordan, you are not. She's an old, she's an old soul, old soul though. She's an absolutely, she's an older soul than I am, but yeah, yeah, she's, she's not old. Uh, I'm going to thank you. Say a thank you to Kevin Feige for, uh, (laughs) for obvious reasons for getting together and like putting the, like, like thinking about how you're going to produce this whole thing. And we, you know, we didn't even really mention all the TV shows that exist as well. Well, there are a lot of webs that that work with one another. 
And if you, if you don't think what he's doing is impressive, just look across the street at what the, what DC is doing and that freaking mess. <laughs> so and how unimpressive that is. I think that's, that's what also makes it even more impressive. What's what, what they're able to accomplish with the MCU so far, we will see what happens though, moving forward with kind of losing some of the main characters with having to switch around the release order. We'll see if that's a good or a bad thing. Black widow has been moved to who knows when it's supposed to be this year, but we'll see Eternals got moved and WandaVision now is the first thing to kick off phase four. And I, I'm watching it, and I, I think it's pretty great so far. I've only seen two episodes, and I just don't get it yet. But I'll, it's a, I'll keep it, watching. It's a slow burn. It's a slow burn, but I think it's a good slow burn. Well, we'll see. And I think it's going to happen a really great payoff. Anyway, if you have any future show suggestions or just comments, whatever, send them into nerdisnewcoolpodcast at gmail.com or hashtag nerdisnewcoolpodcast on any of the socials. And you can follow us on Twitter ner- at Nerd is the New CO2. And you can listen to us on any of the, you can listen to us everywhere. Podcasts are available Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Just search for Nerd is the New Cool Podcast. That's right. Our next episode, we're going to, because the Super Bowl is right around the corner, we're going to do a little bit of a friendly, nerdy debate on what's the best football in media, movie, or show. Yeah, that'll be a fun one. Look forward to that. Until then, we'll talk to you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.